So this morning, um, I, I, you know, I, I generally write out the titles and the sermons and send them to Terry, you know, the night before and finish it all up. But almost always uh, in the mornings, whenever I'm getting up, usually early, <laughs> um, and early for me is 5.30, 4.30, something like that. That's really early. But on Sunday morning, sometimes, not always, sometimes I wake early and I get up and I go to the study and there, reading and praying and stuff like that. And that's when I really get my good t- thoughts. So we get really good sermons then. And if it isn't a really good sermon, you need to get up earlier. No, I mean, (laughs) so. uh. But the title I have for this morning is one that I, you know, kind of fit into place this morning. A grant, a promise, a gift, and a location. Now, if you are a, a, a group, member of a group or someone, they apply for grants. You know, you can apply to different um, companies, different foundations, different societies, different places for grants. You know, that they will bestow a grant upon your organization or upon you, things like that. But this morning we're looking at Ephesians 3.16, and we're looking at and finding in this verse... A grant, a promise, a gift, and a location. It is, I ask that, this is Paul who is praying, I ask that out of the riches of his glory, God's glory, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be confirmed by power. That's a different translation. Confirmed by power, strengthened with might. Think about this. I am asking for a grant from God that he would give to you the riches of his glory to be confirmed by power, strengthened with might in his spirit, in your inner, by his spirit, in your inner person, the Messiah will dwell by faith. I mean, that is one big grant that God, is, that God is placed on us. Paul, of course, the author that God inspired. So it is a prayer, as we look at this, it is a prayer for believers, those who believe in Christ. Now, it isn't a prayer for conversion, about confessing our sins and things like that. Of course, that's expected that that has already taken place. But this is a prayer for believers. It is, it is there for us that we may see... <laughs> the power of God, that it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So they might have life more abundantly. So when God is giving us this grant, or we are asking for this grant from God, now we we have to understand as we go through this, it is for people who qualify. It is a grant written for people. It is a grant that is there, and it is the qualifier to be part of or recipients of this grant is that you are a believer. And so here's this setting that as a believer, what you're expecting from this grant is that you will live life more abundantly. And that in this grant, there is above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Here's a grant that is going to be given 
by, and, and there's the riches are beyond measure. There's more riches here than can be given away. And that it is there and will come according to the power that works in us. So the qualifying statement isn't whether this grant proposal is going to be accepted by God. It is that we have enough faith to ask for the grant. (laughs) That we have enough faith to reach out and say, this proposal that God has written is for me. And I am writing my request, I am praying my request, that God would grant that to me. So this prayer then is to quicken you and I who are in this heavenly race. You see, this isn't something that we are trying to run the race good, a good race here on earth for us in our daily lives, which which translates that it will help us in our daily life. But this is a heavenly race in which we are fighting against principalities and powers that are in dark places, And that these dark places will be overcome by the light, again, that is part of this grant. To promote growth, to promote growth and grace and knowledge. So this grant has a lot of things that it's going to do for us. (laughs) You know, we generally write, you know, if you're writing a grant, you generally write it with, you know, this is what's going to happen, this is what we're going to use it for, and whatever. But here is God saying what the qualifier, qualifying statements are for this grant. And that it is going to contribute to your spiritual strength. Okay, here it is, a grant. It is that which God wants to bestow upon us, and all you have to do is ask. <laughs> what a what a what a grant, you know? You generally generally companies hire grant writers. You know, people are especially qualified in putting these statements and, and things together in such a way that it is appealing to those who have the money and want to give it away. Now, if you and I would just sit down and write a you know, write a proposal, these people they throw it out. But somebody else takes the same thing we write and write it correctly, they might get accepted. So God isn't, God isn't being picky in this. He's just presenting a proposal, and we get to decide whether we're going to get it. So this grant then has a promise. This blessing sought is, in regard, is regarded as a free gift. Comes from the riches of God and is a free gift. That he would grant you to be strengthened, supported, sustained, <laughs> So he is going to give this to us to sustain us in our daily life and in this heavenly race. So all, all true prayer is given with an expectation that it is a gift that comes to us through Jesus Christ. See, this isn't something that we can figure out on our own. And if I do enough good things, it'll come to me. No, it is a free gift that comes to us through Jesus Christ. And that it is, it is a grant. <laughs> In English, it is a sum of money given for a particular purpose. God is providing strength for the particular purpose <laughs> of his children and sustaining them in their walk with God. 
It is a gift brought to us by asking, and it is something that is, a gift is something that someone is willing to give, (laughs) willing to part with. So we're seeing here, and we're getting an idea in this, this verse, that God is telling us, I'm asking, Paul is saying that I'm asking that out of the riches of his glory, okay, so Paul sees the riches of God's glory, and out of the riches of God's glory, which, of which there are no limits, that he may strengthen you with powers so that it isn't something that is going to, we can go to the bank and spend. It is something that is going to strengthen us in our spirit and with a power that God is walking with us. And so there is an assurance that God is going to walk with us through this life. Now, all the prayer then comes with the expectation that it's a gift. Can't earn it, can't beg it, you can't make it, you have to ask for it. So that believers may realize that the promise, the promise that God has given in Philippians 4.19, that my God shall supply, what? All your needs according to his riches and glory. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, so that the believer may realize the promise. The grant is there. We have to ask for it, but we have to realize that it is a promise given. So that what happens, that we may, all of our needs will be, be, will be met through the sufficiency of Christ. So, the blessings given then, in this request, is spiritual strength. Now we may wonder, well, I need physical strength. Well, the greatest strength we can have is spiritual strength because people, you know, Paul, these, these individuals, they could face lions. They could face the arena. They could face death knowing that it's all okay. This is a spiritual strength that allows them to walk into the arena and sing praises to God while these, these archers and butchers and you know, lion keepers are going to turn them loose on them and they're going to stand in the arena and pray and thank God and sing praises to God. That is a strength that is greater than spiritual strength. That is a strength that gives us the confidence that nothing is impossible to those who believe. So we can believe and know. Now, we're not just going to make up things. We're going to pray and ask God to give us direction in our life and as to what and how we should believe and what we're going to go after. So in this request, it is basically not for physical strength, although Samson prayed for it to push down the walls at the very end of his life, the pillars that held up the, that temple, the, the and then it's not, for, it's not necessarily for intellectual strength, although this is important. It is a strength for this inner man. And the strength of the inner man translates to knowledge and physical strength. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And that includes all faculties, intellect, emotional, moral, which makes up our spiritual nature that we be men and individuals of courage, we be alert, we be be able to stand firm in our faith, 
2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Oh. So we find that it isn't that we are on top of the mountain every moment of every day, but even whenever we find that we are weakened, that we are, from whatever purpose, whatever reason that it has come, God has come to strengthen us with might by his Spirit in our inner man. Ephesians 1.17 I keep asking. <laughs> okay. Well, I prayed once. I thought that would be enough. <laughs> but sometimes we need to keep asking. Why? Because we keep believing. We feel that it is something important, and so we don't have a specific direction. We don't have a specific answer. So what do we do? We keep, we keep asking. You know, you can't make a turn until you reach the T. <laughs> if you turn too soon, you're in deep weeds. <laughs> but you need to wait till you reach the intersection to make the turn. So God, we pray that I keep asking, God, what is the direction I need to go when I reach the, the T in the road, the fork of the road? And of course, we can't be like Yogi Bear when you reach the fork in the road. Take it. <laughs> well, which way? Well, no, but take it. I keep asking for the gift of the Spirit, but under some different aspects. There is the prayer for illumination, revelation, insight. God, I need to know. I need to know. I need to have insight into this situation. I need to have insight into my life. I need to have insight into where I'm going and how, what I need to do to take my next step. So that's a prayer of asking from, it's, it's a proposal, and it's all inclusive in this grant that God has set up for us. I keep asking for strength to grasp the mystery. The Amplified Bible says of Ephesians 1.17, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know that the Father, for we know the Father through the Son. There is this prayer of deep, personal, intimate insight. This is part of the knowledge, this is part of the grant. But we need to ask for it, we need to seek for it. The psalmist says, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so pants my soul after you. As the deer in a thirsty land is searching for the water, so our soul is searching for God in all of this. 2 Corinthians 4.16, the Amplified Bible says, Therefore, do not become discouraged. <laughs> Discourage is spiritless. Do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed, or afraid. Though our outer self is progressively wasting away, I won't make any personal references. <laughs> Though our outer self is progressively wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. It has very little to do with what's going on physically 
has very little to do with the physical locations. It has to do with God granting to us a gift, a spiritual gift. Paul emphasizes this prayer by very strikingly asking that the gift may be according to the riches of his glory. Where is it coming from? <laughs> you know, where is it coming from? It's coming from God. You know, and, and, I, and I know I've mentioned this before, sometimes people don't want to pray because they, they, you know, they've already prayed for things and they don't want to use up. <laughs> you, know, all make, you know, God doesn't have enough, you know. They have this analogy of the pie, you know. The pie, there's only so much pie, and if you take too big of a piece, other people aren't going to have enough. So I only want to take a little piece. Well, you see, God doesn't have a pie. He has a universe. <laughs> and no matter how much we use, we can never deplete his resources. So we're not looking at God who is metering out bits and pieces here. He's looking for, he's got a grant that is available for people who have a heart to understand him and ask for what it is that God wants to give them. So we find that this you unlimited glory is of the divine nature. It's not of a human nature. It is a greater closeness, a communion for being with God, walking with God. In our Sunday school lesson this morning was about Adam and Eve and their the fall, their sin. And what was going on was God would come to them every day in the cool of the day and walk with them in the garden. They had this great relationship. Until, <laughs> until we, we could say, we, we found out this morning in the Sunday school lesson that it wasn't Eve's fault. Right? It wasn't Eve's fault. It was Adam's. Because God gave Adam the word that says, don't eat of that tree. So Eve interpreted that as, don't eat and don't touch. <laughs> and then when Satan is tempting her, he says, hath God really said? Now the question is, where's Adam? He's standing there listening. And why didn't he say something? Because he was henpecked. <laughs> <laughs> no, he knew to do right and he didn't do it. And so he allowed this temptation to continue and then followed through with it by participating. Yeah, I'll have a bite. What can a little bite do? Well, it led to the fall of humanity and nature. So we find that there is gifts and what God had in mind was for us not to have evil in our life and in our world. He wanted to walk with us in the cool of the day, to have communion with us, to be friends with us, that you know, you know, he'd be our best friend. But sin came in to separate it, and so God now is trying to get us through the promises and through, our, through the Holy Spirit working in our heart and lives and bringing us to this relationship where he has gifts for us. And it's out of the abundance of his riches in glory, according to Christ Jesus, it's going to come through Jesus Christ. No other source. So, strength comes to us 
through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. That we are recognizing our inabilities to gain this. We can't get it on our own. These riches of his glory, his strength with power, the Holy Spirit in our innermost person, these are things we do not have and we cannot go pick them up. We just simply have to ask for God to give them to us. It is a gift given us, the hidden man of the heart, this hidden person. We don't, you know, this, well, I don't want want to go talking to ourselves. (laughs) But it is this hidden person in our hearts and minds, given to us because of righteousness. Righteousness is our right relationship with God. Well, I'm not good enough. Well, given to us who are righteous. And what is a righteous person? One who is in a right relationship with God. <laughs> Righteousness. So you see, qualifying statements, I'm not good enough, well, then get good enough. <laughs> How do I be get good enough? Confess your sin. Ask Christ to be with you. Ask for his forgiveness to indwell in your heart and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you and to help you understand the promises that he has given to us. The source of this strength. The source of this strength is the Spirit of God. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. You see, the foundation of spiritual renewal. You know, remember years ago, I mean, not in our lifetime, but years ago, people hear people searching for the fountain of youth. They thought it was in Florida. Uh, (laughs) They found out differently. It was just a swamp. But anyhow... They were searching for the fountain of youth, and we have found it. Just watch the commercials on TV. (laughs) You can get the right makeup. You can have the right Botox. You can have the right vitamins. You can have the right car. You can have the right car. I said that already. You can have the right clothes. (laughs) You can have all those things, and you will discover the fountain of youth. You'll be out of place, but you will discover it. <laughs> you wear all those things, right? Um, sometimes we look at our, our clothes and wonder, is it of this lifetime or is it my past? <laughs> so. so we are being led then to the fullness of grace by making the scriptures our source. The scriptures become our source in which we find the revelation the revealing of truth. You know, in our Sunday school lesson, I found out something I never knew, never thought of. When Cain, killed, you know, Cain and Abel, two brothers of Adam, two sons of Adam and Eve, brothers, it is thought that you know, mostly we look at this, say Adam and Eve, then they had two kids. Cain killed Abel, and you know, then we go with the rest of them, but. This morning, in one of the commentaries, he said it was probably 120 years after they were kicked out of the garden. So there were many children of Adam and Eve. But these two are special. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. 120 years later, so when Cain receives the mark that nobody will kill him, it is his siblings 
that really liked Abel because he was a good guy, they're going to try and kill Cain because he's the bad guy. But one of the things in the um, commentary is that we often say, well, God likes meat and he doesn't like vegetables. <laughs> We're just saying that. You know, God likes meat, not vegetables, so his sacrifice wasn't any good. No. Abel took of a lamb which was significant to his flock. It was important to him. And in his heart, he was doing it as an act of worship. So their times of sacrifices that they were giving to God was passed down from Adam and Eve in the garden. And when they left the garden, they had animal skins, so there was a sacrifice. And so they would have sacrificial offerings to God. Well, Abel gave of his flock, which was of value. Cain, <laughs> he picked up the scraps of his field that, that were left behind, and he kind of threw them together, said, that's a good enough for God. And God wasn't pleased with his offering. And the interesting thing is, God came to Cain and talked to him. And basically says, you got a bad attitude, son. <laughs> and if you don't watch out, Sin is crouching at the door, and you're going to be consumed by it. So what did Cain do? He and his brother are out in the field, so he kills his brother. He wasn't paying attention to what God had told him. And we find that they went on, and he went, and he lived in someplace else on the, on the, on the planet there and had a wife, and, you know, people, where did he get his wife? Well, he married a sister. <laughs> But that, back then, was a good, you know, it was the only way to go. <laughs> but, um, of course, that's not right anymore. But we see how that it was the attitude of the heart that made the difference in the sacrifice and the preparing of the sacrifice and even the offering of the sacrifice. Cain's was not accepted. Not because it was grain, but because it was scraps that meant nothing to the one who is offering it. You see, whenever we pray and we're asking, does this mean something to me? Is this important in my life? Jesus has died for my sins. He has, he has given us his spirit to give us strength and power in this life. Does it mean something to you? Is it important? Is it important enough that you would Give yourself permission to walk into the arena and die rather than denounce your faith in Christ. You see, pray for these things that are important to you and that God longs to give them to you and he has, he has riches and glory that he wants to bestow upon our lives. But we have to, we have to desire them more than anything else in life. And we find that Abel brought a sacrifice. It was part of who he was. It was something he wanted to give to God. And he offered the lamb. You see, our prayer is something that we want to give to God, our life. What do we want to give to God? Our, the success in our life. That we would be successful for God. Not successful will make God happy, 
but God would give us his strength to do the right things at the right time in the right way that would bring honor to God for who we are and what we do. So the message then given by God is not a secret. It is not hidden. It is a revelation. Something revealed to us by God. It's hidden. The things of God are hidden so that they can be revealed by him. We just can't walk out and find them. He will reveal them to us as we seek. Now, we're not going to have our own special revelation, you know, that's totally off the wall stuff. No. It is according to his word, his scripture, the text, the things that are in the Bible. He won't, he won't contradict his word. So if we know the word, we can know that the revelation, the understanding that is revealed to us, doesn't break the word. It helps us grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Psalm 91.10, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Recognizing where God has brought us from, that now we are here, we can speak, and he will impart words to us. There is an inexhaustible source of mercy upon which that we can draw. An inexhaustible source of grace. God's divine favor is upon your life. <laughs> That's a special place. Well, what about this? I'm not talking about what abouts. I'm talking about what the truth is. The truth is that God will take us through these trials. He will take us through the difficulties. He will give us wisdom and insight in the difficulties and that he will give us hope. But we have to walk the walk and talk the talk. Open your mouth to say the right words. Consider the importance of the blessing that we are asking for. How important is this? How important is this grant that is freely given to us? How important is it? For there is happiness and strength, and there is misery and weakness. <laughs> there is efficiency and strength. There is inefficiency and weakness. Our usefulness depends on a large supply of spiritual strength. We don't need thimblefuls. It is not that the wells of God are so deep. It's that what we draw from the well is too small. We can dip a thimble in there or we can take a big, big old bucket. We can get as much as we want. We glorify God. We glorify God by what he gives to us. It is not enough to have grace enough to get to heaven. We're not on this journey just to make it into heaven by the skin of our teeth. We want to go into heaven with a, with a bound in our step and an understanding that God is the one who has brought us here and by his grace we are saved. By his strength, we are able to walk the walk. By his mercy, we know that nothing can separate us from his love and that in this life I have power, I have strength, and I have fruit. Love and joy and peace. Patience. Long-suffering. I have the fruit of his spirit as part of who I am. Let us then pray earnestly that we may become strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
I ask that out of his riches, that's the grant, the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you. That's the promise. With the power through his spirit, that's the gift. And the location is your inner being, your inner person. God has a grant. And all we have to do to receive it is ask. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that such a proposal has been given to us. It seems too simple. It seems so easy. But God, it will take every part of us to value it, to seek for it, to understand it, to devote ourselves to it, that we will ask out of the abundance of your grace that you will give to us these things for which you have called us to be. Whatever the problem, whatever the situation, from your riches we ask for you, O God, to grant these things to our life. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. So, Lord, we pray for your spirit to infuse these things into our lives. The power, the blessing, the strength, the wisdom, the vision, the peace, the love, the forgiveness, the hope, the blessing that is ours through Jesus Christ. We pray for these to be part of us by your spirit, we ask. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. No, go home and get it. <laughs> go home and pick it up. No, don't go home. Pick it up before you leave. <laughs> amen. <laughs>